First, it was Janet Jackson and her so-called wardrobe malfunction at the Super Bowl. Then, about a decade later, it was Miley Cyrus and her hypersexual performance with Robin Thicke. It's actually coming to the point where parents are wondering, is there anything left that my family can just enjoy? Or has our civilization now declined to the point where our culture resembles the ancient Romans, a culture that actually imploded on itself after centuries of success? And are the traditional boundaries we used to put around human sexuality a thing of the past? Have they become irrelevant? Or did our grandparents know something that our parents' generation let go of, and are we now living with the consequences of some really bad decisions? Today, on The Voice of Prophecy, we're going to ask the question, was the leave-it-to-beaver world of the 1950s a joke, or did they have something going for them? If you've got kids, you might want to listen to this. I'll be right back. You know, I'm in my mid-40s now at this stage of life, and I'm the father of two daughters. And I've got to say that the hypersexual atmosphere parents have to raise their kids in has been bothering me more than just a little bit. It's not that I don't trust my kids to make good choices, because they usually do. Both of my girls have really good heads on their shoulders, and I'm mostly confident that faced with a moral choice, faced with a tough decision, both of them would probably do the right thing. But that doesn't alleviate my concern that to be moral, today's kids have to swim upstream more than any other generation in modern history. I mean, let's face it. Ever since the 60s and 70s, and then the 80s and 90s, our culture has been steeped in an overt sexuality that hasn't exactly contributed to the health and happiness of the traditional family. I don't know what it was. Maybe it was the invention of the pill, or maybe it was the freewheeling attitudes of the hippie generation, or maybe it was the self-serving materialism of the 80s, or the fact that kids are hitting puberty younger and not getting married till they're pushing 30. Whatever it is, a lot of the sexual boundaries we used to pay attention to have just disappeared, to the point where we actually make fun of people who try to live moral lives. Are you a virgin? Well, that's laughable. A kid that waits for marriage used to be a kid everybody could respect, the kind of kid you'd want to marry your daughter. But now we make fun of that same kid and assume that something is wrong with him. Because, I mean, who still waits in this day and age, other than people who don't have a choice? And, and of course, our whole idea of what's attractive in a human being has been shifting a lot, too. What people think is sexy, what people call hot, I mean to use the street language, the vernacular, that's all been skewed to the point where our most beautiful people, the beauty icons, those people who don't actually exist anywhere because you only ever see them after they're photoshopped. So my kids and your kids, they go and look in the mirror and they don't exactly look like the billboard or the magazine cover that they saw. So they think there's something wrong with them. They don't understand that those beautiful people don't exist anywhere except on a hard drive. So what do our kids do? They waste a lot of valuable time trying to fix their looks, trying to meet a non-existent standard, instead of acquiring the actual skills they need for a happy, productive life, instead of investing their time in the things that really matter. And don't even get me started on the messages kids are getting from the TV shows they watch. 
It used to be that our favorite fictitious families were the Cleavers from Leave it to Beaver or the Huxtables from The Cosby Show. Those were families with a mom and a dad and relatively well-adjusted kids, and they dealt with family-type issues. But now it seems that you can't have a TV family unless it's broken. Or at the very least, you have a middle-aged dad who's portrayed as a moron that everyone else in the family makes fun of and tolerates. Personally, that's one thing I find really troubling. It kind of seems like middle-aged guys are the last whipping board on earth. The one group of people that you're allowed to make fun of with impunity. And the fact is, I see it reflected in the attitudes of real families all the time. Dad's an idiot. It's okay to laugh at Dad. Nobody listens to what he says. He's just a lovable buffoon at best and a caveman at worst. Look, I understand that back in the 1950s, nobody's family actually looked like Ward and June Cleaver. I get that. Real people don't solve their problems in 28 minutes with a Band-Aid solution. Families have never really looked like TV. And families in the 50s were hardly a paradise because... People have always been abusive. Divorce has always been a heartbreaking crisis that ruins families and damages children. And not every problem has a happy ending. I get that. But at least in the old days, and I can't even believe I'm talking about the old days that I'm old enough to refer to them, but in the old days, with Leave it to Beaver and the Cosby Show, we were still hanging on to this dream, to this positive image. We were still holding out hope. We still believed that strong families were a good idea or even a possibility. We still believed that marriage could actually go the distance. That when you said for better or for worse in the church, you really meant that. When we said in good times and bad times, we really meant that. When we said that marriage was for life, we meant it and we kept our word. But to this generation, it all kind of seems naive. And the models and boundaries we used to have for marriage and sex and the family, well, it's not even that people don't believe in them anymore. A lot of kids don't even know about them. And if they do know about them, they have no idea why. For thousands of years, human beings thought those boundaries were a good idea. It's become forgotten knowledge. It's ancient history. It might as well be written in hieroglyphics or scrawled on a sheepskin with a feather quill. You know, we've actually come to the point where 3 out of 10, and you heard that number right, 3 out of 10, 30% of American girls are going to be pregnant before the age of 20. Now, historically, that's not all that shocking because in past generations, a lot of kids were married by the time they were 20 or even a little bit younger. But I'm not talking about married kids. I'm talking about unmarried kids. Today, it's almost as common to be born out of wedlock as it is to be born in wedlock. It's almost as common to be born to one parent as it is to two. And I know that some of you are scratching your heads as you're listening and you're thinking, well, what's wrong with that? Who says you have to be married to have a baby? You can have a baby without a spouse. And I guess biologically speaking, that's absolutely true. If having a baby is just a function of nature, if it's nothing but a biological process, I guess you can start having them whenever you want. You just have to hit puberty and you start making babies. And I guess if you don't believe that kids should have a mom and a dad and a little bit of permanence and stability in their life, then go right ahead. But before you do it, don't ignore some of the realities. Don't ignore the fallout that comes in the wake of a decision like that. We have something like 750,000 teen pregnancies in the United States every single year. 
that's well on its way to becoming a million kids getting pregnant every year. That is not an insignificant percentage. It's one and a half million kids getting involved in parenthood every single year because, frankly, it takes two kids to create a pregnancy. One and a half million children becoming parents. And statistically, it has devastating consequences, particularly for girls, because more often than not, a teenage dad either just disappears into the woodwork or he's encouraged to go away. 80% of teen dads are never going to marry the girl. So if the girl is lucky, she'll have some family support. But then again, the statistical odds against her are not very pretty. According to some studies that I've seen, less than 2% of pregnant teens actually manage to finish college before the age of 30. And parenthood is the number one reason that teenage girls just drop out of school altogether. Now, that's not to say that a teenage mother can't make it. If you happen to be a teenage parent, please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. If you're working your way through the choice you've made and you're providing for your child and making a better life for yourself, my hat is absolutely off to you. You are winning an uphill battle and you're making us all proud by taking responsibility. I actually applaud you for doing the right thing. You are going to be a phenomenal mother or father. But it still really bothers me that we seem to mock traditional morality when traditional morality could have prevented so much hardship and could have prevented so much heartbreak. I still want to know, why do we scorn the idea of waiting for marriage? Was that really so bad? Did thousands of years of our ancestors really get it wrong? Or did they know something that we're going to have to relearn the hard way? Now, I'm going to be back in just a moment to talk more about that, so I don't want you to go anywhere. But right now, I'm going to take a little break to tell you about our world-class in-home Bible study course. And I think you're going to want to know about it because it has literally changed tens of thousands of lives all over the world. So don't go away. I'll be right back. Life and its daily challenges can weigh us down, even when we have the best of intentions, leaving us with more questions than answers. Is it possible to have true peace and happiness in life? Are you searching for answers to this and other of life's most challenging questions? The Discover Bible Guides will help you find the answers you are looking for. Visit us at BibleStudies.com or give us a call at 888-456-7922 for your free Discover Bible Guides. Study online or on our secure website or have the free guides mailed right to your home. There is never a cost or obligation. The Discover Bible Guides are our free gift to you. Find answers in guides like The Secret of Happiness and Is God Fair? You'll find answers to the things that matter most to you in each of the 26 Discover Bible Guides. Visit BibleStudies.com and begin your journey today to discover answers to life's deepest questions. All right. We're back from the break, and I'm hoping you took advantage of it. The Discover Bible School is a lifetime opportunity if you've ever wanted to understand the Bible better for yourself. And now let's get back to what we were talking about before we took the break. You know, it used to be that people assumed that sex was best inside marriage, that it was better to have one partner for life, that the human experience was actually richer and deeper with one lifetime partner. But now it seems like we're telling a different story. It seems like we believe that the hookup is normal and a lifelong committed marriage is the exception. 
And what really baffles me is the way that traditional morality is getting blamed for the problems we have. It boggles my mind the way that Christians in particular are derided for suggesting that marriage actually makes sense, that it's a good idea for kids to have a mom and a dad. It's like they're holding out some sort of impossible ideal, the Christians, that nobody could conceivably live up to. And maybe that's where the real problem is. We've become convinced that humans are little more than modestly intelligent animals. We believe that every desire we have has to be met immediately. If you're hungry, eat. If you're thirsty, drink. If you're bored, just do it. And if you're sexually aroused, well, go for it. There aren't going to be any negative consequences, we tell ourselves, because you're just following instinct and being true to yourself. Except that we should be cluing in by now that our Western lifestyle has some very serious consequences. We eat whatever we want, but about a third of us are now obese. We buy whatever we want whenever impulse grabs us, and now the average credit card debt is something like $15,000 a household. That's almost enough money for a new small car. In fact, all of us together now owe more than $11 trillion. And I'm not talking the national debt. I'm talking about personal debt. Where has impulse gotten us? For decades, we've been telling ourselves that hooking up is just another form of entertainment, that sex is recreation. But I'm telling you, it's a lie. When you engage in sexual acts with another human being, it's not just an animal function. It's not just biology there is actually something going on that you can't see, a powerful bonding process that changes you. I don't know if you've heard of oxytocin, but it's a natural hormone recently discovered that some people are calling the love drug. Your body releases this when you're having sex, and it actually emotionally bonds you to the person you're sleeping with. This is the very same hormone that bonds a mother to a newborn baby, and it's very powerful. You might be thinking you're just having a one-night stand that it doesn't make a difference, but it's not true. There's something that actually chemically bonds you to that other person. And you don't choose this, it just happens. It's triggered by your autonomic nervous system, whether you want it to happen or not. Susan Kuczynskis, who wrote the book Love Chemistry, says this, and imagine me making little quotation marks with my fingers now, quote, Oxytocin seems to have been designed by nature to make a man and a woman feel bonded after sex so they would stay together and raise children, unquote. Now, now think about that. This is profound. Think about what happens when you move sex outside the context of marriage. Even if you don't get pregnant, you're attaching yourself emotionally to somebody else. It's this bond that is going to happen. And all of a sudden, some of the old-fashioned morality you find in the Bible makes sense. Almost 2,000 years ago, the Apostle Paul wrote a letter to the Corinthian church in modern-day Greece because the Christians of that town were apparently experimenting with all sorts of sexual alternatives. Listen to what he writes. This is 1 Corinthians 6.16. He says, Do you not know that he who is joined to a prostitute becomes one body with her? For as it is written, the two will become one flesh. Now, you could just read that as poetic language, and I somehow doubt that Paul knew anything about oxytocin, because we just discovered it recently. But he does say about the same thing. Sex is not just biology. It does something to you. It bonds you to another person. It actually creates a bond that blurs the lines of distinction between one person and another. And that has real consequences. Just listen to what he says down in verse 18. He counsels us, flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. In other words, 
This really does affect you. You can't pretend it doesn't. It's not just a one-night stand. I mean, just close your eyes for a moment and think back to every person you've ever slept with. And I'm hoping it's just one, but in our culture, chances are it's several people. You won't have trouble remembering that experience. The memory is vivid. It's powerful. It's etched in your mind permanently. It's etched in your heart. It's etched in your person. It changed who you are. You can pretend all you want that it's just recreational, that it's just biology for reproduction, but it's not. Our obsession with sex should tell us it's not. It's a major theme in our books, in our music, in our movies, in just about every corner of popular culture. Human sexuality resonates deeply with who we are. It etches something in our soul. And I guess that's what worries me as a parent. It's hard enough for a young person to make their way through a topic as complex, as emotional as human sexuality, without this barrage of inappropriate messages our kids get every day. You know, it was hard enough a hundred years ago, but now in a world practically saturated with bad ideas, it's much worse. So maybe this is really a plea to all the parents who are listening today to be actively involved, to become the go-to source for information for your kids. Because trust me, if you don't step up to the plate, there are lots of people who will, and they are not intent to help your kids set the table for a lifetime of fulfilling, committed relationship. They're setting your kids up for a big disappointment when God has something so much better for them. So I'm going to take a little break to talk about the Discover Bible School, and we'll be right back to talk a little bit more about protecting your kids for a lifetime of happiness. Do you feel as if you have more questions than answers in your life? Where is God when people suffer? Can I find real happiness? And is there any hope for our chaotic world? Are you searching for answers to these and other of life's biggest questions? The Discover Bible Guides will help you find the answers you're looking for. Visit us at BibleStudies.com or pick up the phone and call us at 888-456-7922 for your free Discover Bible Guides. Study online on our secure website or have the free lessons mailed right to your home. Visit BibleStudies.com and begin your journey today to discover answers to life's deepest questions. Now, the risk of sounding a little bit like Sigmund Freud, human sexuality is one of the most powerful forces on earth, and it's easy to forget in the absence of moral boundaries and in the presence of unleashed hormonal impulse that human sexuality is not just a physical need. It actually has a purpose. It's designed for intimacy, for bonding, for meaningful relationships that hopefully go the distance of a lifetime. But somehow we've come to think of self-control as a barrier to happiness. We tell ourselves that if we don't cave into every impulse, we're actually denying ourselves something important. We have this whole generation now of people who know that sex is fun, that it's powerful, that it's desirable, but they're running the risk of never knowing just how powerful it could be. It's a little like growing up on fast food, never tasting the work of a master cook who takes the time to make a really good meal. Yeah, you can fill your belly at the drive-thru. But if everything you eat comes from a paper bag handed to you through a window, you end up unhealthy and nutritionally deficient. And you actually start to believe that burgers and fries are as good as life gets. Listen, nothing quite compares to the intimacy, the satisfaction that a dedicated lifetime with one person can bring. It's not that it's easy, and it is not easy, and it's not fast, but that's kind of the point. This is something worth achieving. It's worth working for because it answers some of the deepest needs that human beings have. 
I know that some people talk as if a single partner is an unreasonable limit, but the exact opposite is true. It's multiple partners that limit you because you will never experience the deep satisfaction that a lifetime commitment brings. And you know, that's probably what I worry about the most. I don't want the crass hedonism of our culture to rob my kids of something incredible that God intended them to have. If I leave my kids to the influence of the world, they'll be getting the bulk of their sexual information from people who don't even understand what could happen in a committed relationship. So, I know the world's going to call me old-fashioned. I know that some of you listening think I'm a Luddite. But honestly, I don't care. The ancient pattern you find in the Bible just wins, hands down, against the untethered hedonism of the 21st century. I mean, take a look at it. If you're in my age bracket or younger, if you're now a middle-aged person or younger, there's actually a pretty good chance your grandparents' marriage went the distance, 40, 50, 60 years. And statistically, there's also a pretty good chance your parents didn't go the distance. Now look back and ask yourself what you'd rather have. There is something good about picking one person for life. There is something good about all those old couples who have been through it all together. There's just something good about not getting old alone, about having a family with one dad, one mom, without the emotional and political stress that comes from multiple marriages and multiple partners. And yeah, it's old-fashioned. I get it. Yes, it looks like a Norman Rockwell painting. It's true. And it's also true that not many people have it anymore. But that doesn't mean we should give up. It doesn't mean that our generation can't take it back. You don't have to buy into this idea that you can't go the distance with your marriage. And you don't have to buy into the idea that sleeping around brings happiness. Look, I've been a pastor for more than 20 years and I've seen a lot of pain and heartbreak. So let me tell you what they never tell you on TV or in Las Vegas. There's a lot of suffering at the end of the road if you choose to believe that there's such a thing as casual sex. And I can also tell you that I've never ever had someone come to me and say, am I ever sorry I saved myself for marriage? It never happens. I've had lots of people say just the opposite. And there aren't many emotional scars, frankly, when you do things the way that God intended. Maybe it's time to listen to some ancient wisdom from Jesus. When he says in Matthew 19, have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female and said, therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. Look, I know the world's not perfect. I know that maybe you didn't do it right. Maybe you blew it. Maybe you didn't wait and you have regrets. Maybe you've suffered a lot of pain because you trusted all the wrong people and you gave a piece of your heart to someone who didn't deserve it. That doesn't mean you can't take it back. If there's one thing God is clear about, he's willing to forgive. He's willing to work with whatever you've done and restore you to everything you could have been. This is not game over because God has a way of healing you. And frankly, it's not too late for our whole generation to turn the tide and refuse to buy the lie. The reason they keep cranking out all this smut is because we buy it. So it's really kind of our fault. If we didn't buy this stuff, they wouldn't make it. They're doing it for our money. We're the reason they sell it. Yeah, they're tapping into our base instincts. They're manipulating our deepest needs in order to make a dollar. But if you and I didn't buy it, they wouldn't sell it. You know, being manipulated should make you angry. And having our kids manipulated should really make you angry. So here's where it is for me today. I'm done. I'm done with stuff like Miley Cyrus and her sad performance at the Video Music Awards. 
I mean, I wish her well, but I'm done with it. I'm done with Lady Gaga. I'm done with Madonna. I'm done with people selling my kids a lie. And I don't know about you, but I'm changing the channel. Because if we just stop buying it, our kids might have a better chance at finding the life they could have. So, yeah, maybe Leave It to Beaver was a little too good to be true. I get it. But that's no reason to give up. That's no reason to declare the death of the family, the death of marriage. There is no reason to settle for something cheaper than the gift God wanted you to have. So as for me, I'm boycotting. I'm not going to put my dollars into the people who sell a lie because my children deserve something better. And maybe if enough of us say enough, more kids would stand a chance at a better way to live. Now, if you've been following along today and you want to see what else God might have for you and your family, you're going to want to take advantage of our free Bible course. It's called Discover. Now, of course, it's not really free. It does cost us something to produce this Bible study and send it to you. But right now, we're going to make it free to you if you contact us today, thanks to the generous sponsors who keep us on the air. They want you to have this Bible course, and I want you to have it too. So all you really have to do is ask, and I'll send you this easy-to-use home Bible study course. Now, I'm about to sign off for today, but you might want to quickly go grab a pen and paper so you can get the information that you need, because that's going to come up as soon as I say goodbye. I really do appreciate you listening, and until we meet again, I'd like to encourage you to discover for yourself why the Bible is still the best-selling book of all time. Maybe our forefathers were onto something good. Maybe our grandparents knew something we didn't. And no matter where you are in your life today, the good news is that God can give it all back and set you on your way to a much better way to live. And until we meet the next time, I'm Sean Boonstra. You've been listening to The Voice of Prophecy. Are you searching for answers to life's most challenging questions? Answers to help you make sense of the chaos in today's world? Answers to the deepest questions in life like, how can I know that Jesus was real? Was he more than a man? And how do I even know the stories of his time on earth are true? How can I know that the Bible is something that I can believe today? And questions like, if the Bible is true, well, what happens next after this life? Is there really a heaven? And in this world of uncertainty, you might be wondering, is there actually a chance for true happiness in this life? Disappointments like illness and loss of employment can hang like clouds over our lives. Life's daily, routine challenges can be overwhelming, and even the things that once made us happy can begin to seem empty. Is it really possible to have a happy, contented life in such an uncertain world? Well, if you're searching for answers to these and other of life's biggest questions, we are here to help. The Discover Bible Guides will help you find the answers you're looking for. Visit us at BibleStudies.com or give us a call at our toll-free number, 888-456-7922, for your free Discover Bible Guides. Study online at our website, BibleStudies.com, or have the free guides mailed right to your home. There is never a cost or obligation. The Discover Bible Guides are our free gift to you. At BibleStudies.com, you'll find answers in guides like A Second Chance at Life and Does My Life Really Matter to God? 
answers to the things that matter most to you in each of the 26 Discover Bible Guides. The major themes of the Bible come to life as we study together guides like When Jesus Comes for You and From Guilty Sinner to Forgiven Saint. At BibleStudies.com, you will find the Discover Bible Guides in nearly 50 languages, including Spanish, Japanese, Tagalog, and Russian. Now, this is a great resource for the family member or friend that you know is looking for answers but struggles with English. At BibleStudies.com, click on the interactive world map and find the language that you're looking for. And we have lessons just for the kids in your life. Your kids will love KidZone at BibleStudies.com. They'll enjoy the colorfully illustrated stories and interactive lessons in the 14 KidZone Bible Guides. And while you're online, be sure to visit us at VOP.com. At VOP.com, you'll find audio archives of this program, the latest ministry news, and resources to help you dig deep into God's Word. Begin your journey to discover answers to life's deepest questions and log on today to BibleStudies.com.